Welcome to Steps, a podcast celebrating people and their stories. Far too often, we don't give people the opportunity to share their journey, where they've come from, what they've overcome, and the amazing things that have happened in their lives. That's what we're going to do on Steps. We'll have real conversations with real people to understand how they've gotten to this place in time. Confucius said, the journey of 1,000 miles starts with a single step. So, let's start this journey. My name is Steve Wenzel. I'm a former college volleyball coach who has a passion for stories. In particular, other people's stories. Our conversation today is with Greg Mead. Greg is the CEO and one of the founders of CrossNet and has also been named to the Forbes 30 Under 30 list. Growing up in Connecticut, Greg has a wealth of experiences to share with the world. In this episode, we chat about how he and his two other co-founders came up with the CrossNet idea and built it into the company that it is today. Greg embodies the entrepreneurial spirit. We also discuss some of the key things that he has learned on his journey. Quick disclaimer, Greg and I talk a bit about cryptocurrency and the NFT space. None of our conversation is financial advice. Please seek professional investment advice and do your own research. Now, let's get into the conversation with Greg. Today, we're here with Greg Mead, CEO of CrossNet. Greg, how are you, man? Doing well. Thanks for having me, man. Oh, absolutely, man. So I, one of the questions I love to start any podcast is, fill us in, where are you at? What's going on in, in Greg's world? I am in Bend, Oregon. Um, for many of the people out there that haven't heard of that, it's a little town city in the middle of Oregon on like the east side of it in the woods uh, next to Mount Bachelor. Um, I'm here just for the month, just grinding away, focusing on the new year and just really locking in. Why, why bend? Why'd you choose there? Uh, I like, I like the nature. I like the, I'm on like a, in a, like a little farmhouse Airbnb for the month. And, uh, I like the nature. I like the mountains, I like getting out and hiking. Um, I'm from, I'm in Tampa. I like, I live in Tampa now, but, um, you can't really go out in Tampa and like go hiking to the woods. And, <laughs> so it's, I like that stuff and I need to change the scenery. Yeah, no, Bend and Tampa are two drastically different areas. Mm -hmm. Uh, My brother-in-law lives down in Bend. And it's funny, we took, uh, my wife and I, we took a trip out there before we had even moved. So for those of you who don't know, and Greg, you and I chatted, but like, I'm based in Portland, Oregon right now. So um, prior to us moving out to Portland, even before there was a job offer, we visited my brother-in-law. And so you want to talk about nature and beauty. We were living in uh, Atlanta at the time. And like, like you, you... we drove from Portland. We drove down to Bend, and I mean, it's just like it's God's country. It, it's the best way to describe it: mountains, and then rivers, and then you got Bachelor with the snow and everything. And yeah. so I, I get it. And the cute little town. It's like you're in like in one of those movies, uh, like the fake towns. Like the yeah, town's perfect. It's like that's what it is. It's close thing to it. Oh, it absolutely is. And again, it's such an outdoors vibe, right? Like, I mean, every, you walk you walk down the street or you're driving down the street and everybody's got a Subaru with, you know, a, a roof rack on top and the, and the dog out the back window and then a bike on the back. Yep. That's what I was just telling my girlfriend. I was like, everyone's just like still walking out here. There's like 50 people out walking in the town. It's like freezing below. It's like negative two. <laughs> <laughs> Well, compared to Tampa, I mean, obviously, I mean, you're probably freezing your butt off. Yeah, but I'm from New England originally, so I still have that that cold blood in me. So, well, it, what's <laughs> it's funny because that cold, the cold blood never leaves, but the blood definitely thins whenever you get into warmer warmer areas. I t- I know that for a fact. Yeah, it does for sure. I'm shivering sometimes. Oh, I bet. So, you obviously your CEO. Crossnet, like you've, you're in Bend, you say you normally operate out of Tampa, right? Like what offers, I mean, obviously a CEO, you get the opportunity to kind of write your ticket, write your card, do whatever. But like, I want us, before we go into that kind of stuff, you mentioned you're from like the New England area and cold and Connecticut, right? Yep. So like, I actually kind of want to go back a little bit and I'd love to hear kind of like your, almost like your Genesis story or kind of a little, learn a little bit more about the background, where you, where you started, where you came from, what took you to Tampa that eventually led you to bend on, what are we talking, the 17th of January? Cool. Um, so grew up in, uh, born in White Plains, New York, then moved to Connecticut, um, for my family's job, parents' jobs. And then uh, went to Canterbury for middle school. Uh, high school, I went to Woodstock, middle of nowhere farm town, uh, like top right of Connecticut. And then after that, went to college at Eastern Connecticut State University, which is right next to UConn. 
Um, so we'd party with the Yukon kids, all that stuff. Ah, good old stores, Connecticut. Yeah, stores. Um, <laughs> I used to drive there for like Blaze Pizza or something when that launched. Um, and then eventually when I was in college, I was like really just diving into like, how can I survive? Like, how can I pay the rent, the $500 and how, like, how can I make it through college? And after college, I don't work for someone. I'm doing something my, my own for myself, you know, um, on my own time. So I learned that I learned that I dove into a few like apps, like make people download apps. I'd like be knocking on doors of like these chicks and like download that, download that (laughs) numbers. (laughs) And then, uh, I'd make money off of that somehow. And then uh, I used to do like energy drinks, sell them. And like, I would actually make money off these like schemes and most people wouldn't. So it was cool. So it sounds like being a serial entrepreneur, like like that's something that's been in your blood. And I'm curious, I, I wonder where it comes from because you said you moved to Connecticut because your parents' jobs, right? What, what did your parents do? Uh, my dad worked at a, a furniture company and my mom worked up for like the town, the city of Norwich. Got it. So that's so that took you there. So where did the entrepreneur side of things come from? Um, well, I guess like it, when I got to end of high school, we were doing like an Amazon job shipping company for my brother's fraternity. Um, like he, people in his fraternity started this company, hired Chris, and then they needed more people. So Chris obviously referred to me, and we were both grinding, and like we were selling like job shipping baby baby products on Amazon, um, and crushed it for this company, and they, they're still like good friends to this day. And they made other companies that you may have heard of like freeup.com. Um, mm-hmm. They outsourced virtual assistants and stuff and they sold that. Um, so they started there and we helped them with that journey. And it was really cool. It was eye opening to really see like, wow, like the internet's crazy. You can do anything on this, whether it's social media, Amazon, um, you know, flipping websites, like you can do anything. So we started with that. And then um, one day in college, uh, my brother's college roommate hit, hit us up and was like, Hey, let's start this company. It was like a smoking company. So we started, we grinded on it for like years, 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 and uh, it didn't really get, get, any, get anywhere. Um, we didn't make money off of it. Um, and then eventually, it was like three years, four years after not making any money, we started another company based off that one um, called The Glunt. It was like, like a glass smoking accessory. Mm-hmm. I don't smoke. I don't smoke. I never have used the product, um, but it used to be super popular like six years ago. Um, and we, we took it to a few million dollars. And that's that's how the, you know, the, the entrepreneur ship kind of grind started um definitely some hard times uh struggling uh trying to make ends meet uh it, it was tough difficult times it, well and again like that's that's one of the things in like my the lens at which i look through things right my parents were similar to your parents right they work they've got a traditional you know nine to five job they've got this you know whatever it is right and i remember my dad had he got involved with a lot of these like get rich quick schemes. Like again, it was uh, air purifiers. It was bio line. Um, like it was supposed to be cutting edge, you know, nutrition supplements. I mean, at one point in time, my dad was selling hovercrafts and I'm from Ohio, right? Like mm-hmm. you talk like a hot, like I'm not kidding you. We had a hovercraft parked in our driveway, right? So I sat and I watched these things and he was wildly unsuccessful at just about everything that he did. But, you know, then he got a job. He worked for the county. My mom worked for – my mom cut hair. She worked for a grocery store. Uh, and then, um, you know, at the tail end of her career, she ended up working for a nursing facility. But, like, that, like that's uh, – Cleveland, east side of Cleveland, Ohio, like, that's what I know. I know sitting and you do what you need to do to pay the bills. You do all of those things. But, like, it was never ingrained in me from – from the space of like the entrepreneur entrepreneur space. And it doesn't sound like it was either for you. It just, you kind of happened to stumble in it. Right. Like, yeah, definitely want to take advantage of the opportunities that were, you know, presented to me for sure. Now that's a scary place to be. Right. Because again, like you mentioned a lot of these things, like some of the, you're in college or just out of college. I mean, I'm sure funds are tight and all that stuff. Like, how the heck did you decide like, yeah, let's, let's go. I'm going to like, I'm going to grind whether it's a smoking company, it's this smoking accessory company, it's like, how did you determine that you were going to be all in on whatever it was and just go? It was definitely making it like making an impact on like your, your personal self. Like let's, let's focus on this one thing and be an entrepreneur and, and grind it out. It'll, it'll work itself out one way or another. Um, whether you're making hundred dollars a day or a million dollars a day, it's going to work out. I'm de- definitely having a focus of like 
uh, putting your family first, your friends first, and like making sure um, if you do this, you know that your your mom's going to be good for the rest of her life. So that's that's definitely always been in the back of my head um, since day one. Is that like is that a driving? That's a big driving factor for you, like family and being able to provide and be able to. I mean, you mentioned like take care of your mom. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's definitely the number one goal for sure. I mean, I, we were speaking earlier too. Like my dad passed away, so um, it's been my mom for like the last ten years by herself. So that that sucks. So I need to make sure she's good for the rest of her life, and we're getting there um, sooner than later. You brought it up. And we talked about it earlier, but like, can I out like what happened with your dad? Oh, um, accident, uh, drinking. So don't drink. It's not good. And, uh, it could take your life short. So, um, unfortunate situations happen like that in people's lives. And, you know, they really, they're eye opening to, to a lot of people and they'll change your perspective on life and how you talk and how you perceive your, you know, your emotions. And it, it changes people and, you know, it can motivate people. Um, and it certainly motivated me and my brother. And we want to be here without some, some of these situations that have happened in our lives, for sure. And so <laughs> it's a similar situation for me. And again, I've, I, I've shared it publicly, but not like it didn't tie to drinking or anything like that. But like my mom, passed. it's been 20 years since my mom passed. It was this past summer, right? So, and what's, what I find interesting is and again your first response was hey i'm sorry and you know and it's reciprocal right but like if i take a step back and like reflect on it because again i've had 20 years to reflect on you've had 10 years to sit and reflect like i wouldn't change anything in the world would i love to be able to go back and have another conversation with my mom or for her to meet like her grandkids right i've got two kids a five-year-old and a two and a half-year-old like absolutely and in the next breath, the interesting thing is I know that I wouldn't be exactly where I'm at right now had that not happened, had that fork in the road, been, I'd be forced down this road to go through all the hard times and all the like craziness that I've been through. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree with that. It's and It's tough, man. It really is because, again, the more – and even just as I sit and I reflect on it, right? Like drinking was a big part of my family's life. Like, I mean, again, both of my parents were alcoholics. I grew up in that. I, it's been since April of this past year that I haven't had a drink, but I've always been like a casual drinker, right? Yeah. Like, and it just socially or whatever, you know, I enjoyed a good bourbon and for me, as I have started on the path of therapy and I'm learning different things along the way, like a lot of this comes up and it becomes a lot more clear that, Hey, for me again, and this isn't for everybody, but it's not something that's necessary in my life. And obviously it had an impact in my earlier childhood. And it sounds like, you know, that's one of the reasons why it may be the only reason or one of the reasons why you say, Hey, you don't drink. I mean, obviously it directly impacted you in your life. Yeah, no, it it definitely is. Um, And it's made me, you know, like I said, some decisions are based on the things that have happened in my life. So I don't drink, I don't smoke. Um, if I did drink, if I did smoke, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you on a podcast. You, you interested in my life, you know? So, um, everyone, everyone goes through these struggles, some struggles similar to this. Um, some people can't relate to it, especially like our age. Um, it hurts, hurts younger. Um, certainly death, death hurts younger than when, you know, when your parents are older. So, um, it, it, situations and they'll bring you to, you know, to places where you need to be if you focus and you keep on the steady track. Was it, and again, just reflecting back on kind of my journey, I've got two younger brothers, right? So, I mean, I'm the oldest of three. I was 21 at the time. Um, and uh, my mom was 41 when she passed. And again, if as I look back, right, like it wasn't apparent to me that like, hey, this is the path that I need to be going down. This is like, this is going to serve as a motivating factor for me and my family and to try to figure that out. It, was it, for you, was it clear out of the gate or was it just you kind of, stumbled and we're trying to figure it was trying to figure out life it, no it was it was no it was definitely trying to figure out life for sure i still am yeah. i think um i think everyone, <laughs> everyone, everyone still is um but once you once you got a, a grasp of one of one of these things uh, in the entrepreneurship field like once i started doing the amazon thing i knew anything was possible after that just knowing how you know the universe and the internet works um so definitely honed in on that my mom didn't like distract me and just say you know focus on your studies and stuff. She let me be myself and um, 
you know, let me destroy her houses um, with product and shipments. And we used to have trucks coming into the house. We destroyed the basements. Yeah, you were you mentioned that kind of early on, and as I was kind of doing a little bit more research about you, you know, some of the interviews you talked about, like, but but from that, like, you were obviously doing stuff and tearing up the house and trying to figure out all this entrepreneurial stuff while uh, in your mom's house, right? Like, what was it that I, I'm assuming it was CrossNet that kind of got you out? But like, what was what was that pivotal moment that you're like, okay, look, I, I gotta get out of here. I gotta, like, I've got to leave mom. Like here's, here is my path. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my path actually took mom with me. So, um, uh, oh, all right. me, me, Chris and my mom, and then like my buddy, uh, Jake and, and our other partner, Mike, we're all like, Hey guys, like when we started crossing that, we needed to get out of Woodstock. It, we grew up on the farms. Um, people aren't playing volleyball there, you know what I'm saying? Uh, so we decided to to move directly to Miami Beach. We had no idea. We'd never been there before, never visited. We packed all our houses. Um, I remember putting my whole entire apartment uh, house in, in, in this uh, little truck, and I just drove it down. And we got two apartments. Um, Jake and Mike were below us. And uh, me, Chris, my mom slept in the apartment on the top, on the top floor. Um, really fun, really fun. Uh, but at, at that moment it was definitely because of the game. And then like, obviously we had some life changes, girlfriends, uh, hiccups. And, uh, we like, we just sent it to Miami and, um, it was great. We never looked back and, uh, looking back on it though, we should have moved to Miami. We should have moved to a place that was like more volleyball culture. Um, <laughs> as opposed to like Miami culture. Yeah, exactly. We didn't know though. We had no idea right. we were going to like a crazy madhouse party beach. We had no idea we were young naive and uh, never stepped foot on Miami beach, but it was fun. We had a great time. A lot of learning experiences, a lot of friends made uh, good times for sure. Can we talk about the Genesis of CrossNet? Right. I mean, again, we like, we fast forward Hey, we're already in Miami, but like, where did, like, where did it come from? What, like, what, what was that like for, for you and your, and your partners and founders? Yeah. So um, our co-founder, Mike and our other co-founder, Chris, my brother, uh, we, Mike graduated from college, like the day after he knew I was doing Glunt and other pro- entrepreneurial pro- projects online and stuff. Um, so he called me up. He's like, Greg, let's, let's make something. And long story short, he came over, we watched ESPN all day. Um, and then we came up with the next beach game. Uh, Mike said four square volleyball light bulbs, you know, flipped on. We went to Walmart the next day, uh, got, got badminton nets, rigged them up, made, made cross net, made four square volleyball. And, uh, we had some friends come over. We played, it was pretty fun. It was pretty fun on a, on a shitty net, right? Shitty makeshift net. Yeah. And then, uh, it took about a year to get final prototype eight, nine months, 10 months. And uh, we finally got prototype. Uh, we went to work straight after that day. As soon as that day was done, me and Mike and Chris went to work. And uh, it took a while to get a final pro- prototype that we actually felt comfortable sending out um, to, con- to customers buying. But still, we've had to remake CrossNet so many times after that too. Well, yeah. I mean, I'd imagine it, right? It evolves. But here you are. Okay. You got this got this great idea. Okay, let's go buy badminton nets. Let's set it up in the backyard and let's just screw around and see if we have some fun with it and see if we can make some, like, obviously end game, make money, be able to create whatever it is. And like for, for me, for other people out there, right? Like everybody gets these ideas. Everybody gets it. Hey, let, and here you guys are in Connecticut. Hey, let's just go ahead and let's do this. Right. Because you've got that blood and you've got that spirit. I'd imagine that, and you mentioned it, it evolved, it changed. Like, how did you, like, how do you keep going in moments like that to where, like, obviously questions are going to bubble up? Like, you're like, what the hell are we doing? I think, yeah, no, it's, it's good. That's a good question. And I think for a lot of companies, a lot of CPG companies, um, a lot of tech companies, you may have some hesitance, you know, if, if someone's going to use this, someone, like, you know, but for, for us, we were super confident off the gates. Like, we knew as soon as we had that first prototype, we set it up, we brought it to a beach. And we, ju- we were just going to play this one time. Our first time we ever had the prototype. We were so excited. We brought it to Rhode Island, Narragansett. Um, and that's where we grew up. We went to Narragansett Beach in Rhode Island. Um, and we set it up. And we are trying to play with like four or five of our friends. Just us. Just to play and test mm-hmm. it and have a good time. Um, eventually, there was 30 kids in line. You know, ages 12 to 16. Uh, and we didn't get a chance to play that day. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're like, screw it. We need to, we need to have the kids play. Not us. It's not about us. And so as soon right. as we saw that line, I think that first time um, was really like, okay, we're doing this and this will be good. Like we'll, CrossNet's going to sell itself. It doesn't matter if it's, if it's me, Mike, Chris, anyone's behind it, the game's going to sell itself. So 
I mean, you want to talk about a, like hitting a home run with your first market research, right? Like, it's just like, oh. and I, the funny thing is I'm picturing it in my head, right? Like, here you are. Like, what is that? What's going on? Hey, can we play? Yeah, sure. Because I mean, again, like the concept of Foursquare, that's something I grew up playing, right? And again, I, I'm a little bit older than you, but like, I distinctly have memories of in the front of our driveway, you know, waiting for the bus, all the kids, you know, because our, our driveway was the bus stop, right? And we had a big old apron you play, you and, and playing Foursquare, right? So, like, to me, I'm like, wow, okay. And then I'm a former college, college volleyball coach, right? So, like, dude, they're like, okay, this is this is amazing. But, like, it's and, – and you take it out to the beach and you're like, we've got something here. Yeah. So, so then, like, what – and I'm fascinated about the entre- uh, the entrepreneurial mind, and I think a lot of our listeners, you know, come from all all walks of life. A lot of volleyball focus, so you know, we'll have a lot of people that are listening that are um, that know the game and have seen it. But like, you've got this. You feel like you've got this home run. Then like, then what? Well, like, what's what do you guys get? What are you doing? What's the play? Yeah, got to stay. Got to stay lean, um, smart. We only had it. Each of us only had like ten thousand dollars to throw in here around there. So. We, we bootstrapped it. We, we're still self-funded um, and we stay lean, stay lean for two years, two and a half years to start, until we start really hiring people. Um, but before we started hiring people in the, like, in the upcoming, um, we would just literally take it out to beaches. So when we moved to South Beach, we would go to this Nick, this spot called Nikki Beach. It's on the corner. It's the nice part of South Beach uh, where it's not slammed with people doing drugs and alcohol. Um, and we'd just go there, set it up. And every time we'd go there, we notice a sale would trickle in within like 72 hours. So that was our that was our physical presence in the beginning because we didn't want to spend too much money on you know Facebook ads. We weren't sure what we were doing. With we were doing Twitter ads. I was good at Twitter ads, um, and eventually we just it was a trickle effect, trickle effect, trickle effect, and then we started getting momentum, momentum, and we we took the money we'd earn and put it right back into the business, into ads, into Facebook ads, Google ads, um, and just growing the business um, content. So what was what was your what was your background in school? Like, did you did you go to school for like entrepreneurial uh, business marketing? Okay, um, but I can say I didn't learn anything in school. Um, unfortunately, um, yeah. it could have been my school. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not anti college, but um, I everything I learned was from my phone. Every I mean, you've got people like Gary Vee that talk about a lot about that, right? Like, I mean, again. If you're out there and trying to make it work, there's like, and that's what's going on right now, right? Whether you, you talk about starting your own business, starting a podcast, create like people are searching for multiple like revenue streams and income streams. And again, I, I'm no different than that, right? Like, I, here I am, I've started a podcast. This is going to be episode five or six, right? And I'm sitting there, okay, let's keep pushing. Let's figure out how we make this great. And then, okay, can you monetize it? Can, and how do you grow it? How do you, and so, for you guys to do it, and again, I don't, I, I don't want people to sit and think that like this is something that happened overnight, right? You've been, you've, you've got this spirit. You continue to keep moving through things, but yet here you are, and you continue to persist. You continue to move things forward, and I want to like keeping it with the entrepreneurial mind, but like. Dude, that's got to be hard as hell from a from a like a mental perspective. From a like like I hate personally, and I'll probably get chastised for that. I hate the word grind. I it, to me, it has this negative connotation. Like it's just like, and yes, I understand that we need to work hard, but like when you're in it and it's hard, right? Like how how did you deal with things? You've already said you don't drink, you don't do drugs, right? And those are normal things that people lean into to mask pain, to hide, to not feel, to go from that. Like, can you, can you share any experiences or how you kind of got through some of those hard times? Yeah, d- definitely. Um, there's different routes you could take, right? Like, so I, I lean on, on my partners. I lean on Chris and my brother. I lean on Mike, my friend. Um, we counted on each other, to, in the, especially in the first three years, right? It was just us pretty much. So we would, we would count on each other. I know if I, you know, if I do something, I slack off that day. I know I'm letting Mike down. I know I'm letting Chris down, you know, and vice versa for them too. So we would lean on each other big time. And then um, we'd always be together too. So we'd always stay active um, when you're done working for the day, whether that's, you know, two o'clock or seven o'clock, um, you know, go, go be active, go try to put the phone down. Um, I haven't been good at it at all. I know Mike and Chris are better than, at it than me, but uh, try to dive into different things. I play basketball. I play basketball Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday's here now. Um, that's what I love. That's what we grew up playing was basketball and soccer, not 
you know, volleyball. <laughs> so, uh, so stay focused and, and keep, put the phone, put the damn phone down, put the computer down, close the laptop. Um, mental health is like huge and I'm definitely feeling the, the effects of it, you know, five years later, well, 10 years later now for me, um, yeah. in my whole journey. So it, it's tough. It, it does get tough. And I'm, I'm honestly not the best person to get advice for, um, for how you can, you know, manage your time. Cause people are like, Oh, you work nine to five or whatever you do. But it's like, no, it's like seven days. It's been seven days a week for seven years, 10 years. Like, so, um, yeah, it's a couple different things. So we're going to go here and then I'm going to come back to you saying, put the, uh, put the damn phone down, but seven days a week for the you know past X amount of years, right? Like what is, a day or a couple typical days like look like, and I understand in the entrepreneur space, it, no day is the same, right? Like I, I, I totally understand that our listeners, I'm sure understand that, but like, can you, what's a day, what's an average day or a different day look like for you? Yeah. I mean, so for busy days, we'll have like Wednesdays, we'll have meetings, I'll have meetings from uh, Pacific time now, nine to oh, one, whatever it is. Um, so get, get busy with meetings and make sure from my perspective. So everything has changed as like being a CEO is like at first I was really honing in, like doing marketing, uh, sales, like trying to just outreach and network and, and make the business grow. Now I have to um, take a step back and communicate with employees, make sure employee satisfaction is there, make sure our direction of our business is going the right way. Um, but going back to question is like some days I'll have meetings all day. Sometimes I'll have just like this free time where I'm just like thinking, um, of, you know, ways and paths we can uh, take the business uh, and communicating that with Chris and Mike now uh, and our other CFO, Coop and C- Sander, our COO. Um, so there's a lot of stuff, moving parts every day and every day is different. Um, whether mm-hmm. it's a, a, a freight truck not coming into the warehouse um, or the paid ads on Facebook do, underperforming. So every day is different and I have to you know focus on what is not there and stop being, you know, stop being reactive and being proactive. So that's, that's my, you know, my job this year is to be more proactive on the business. Uh, and again, I, knowing that every day is going to look different, it's, it's gotta be challenging. How do you keep yourself? And you said you lean into your partners, you do that kind of stuff, but like, and you play hoops, like hoops is your thing is hoops almost like your, your meditation, your therapy, your. That's a good analogy. Yeah, definitely. Uh, when I play basketball, just thinking about what's on the court. I don't, I don't think about crossing that. I don't think about family problems. I don't think about girlfriend problems. I don't care about my dog right now. It's basketball and I'm just totally zoned out. And it's great. Great feeling. And I, I think, I, I think that's a big thing to note, right? Like for me, it, 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 it's evolved. I love meditation. I love journaling. Um, I love hopping on Peloton if I need to, or going for a run. I love artwork. Like, so it's, it's funny that like there's so many different things that I don't want to say you can get lost in, but you can divert your focus to really be present in a moment. Yours right now, just and it sounds like it has been for a while, is hoops. So, um, who's your favorite hoops player? Who's your who's your guy? Uh, Damian Lillard, uh, but I'm a Knicks, fan, a Knicks fan, so uh, Emmanuel quickly right now. All right, uh, Knicks just by virtue of where you grew up. Yeah, you know what I mean, that's- yeah, I've been a Knicks fan. It's just really hard to root for the Knicks, the Jets. You- it's really, really difficult um, my entire life. So I really, really loved uh, Dane coming out of uh, Weber State. So yeah, he's he's the real deal. And obviously, down in Bend, you know, I mean, you down there, us up here in Portland, like, I mean, he's he's the man up here. He he's the man up here for me. And I mentioned like I'm from Ohio, right? I'm a Cleveland everything fan. So like, I mean, Cavs, Browns, Indians, like diehard, all that stuff. So I understand what you're saying about like it's it's tough. Now, obviously, we had yeah, LeBron. a good we had a good run with LeBron when he came back, right? Like, and I, I'm grateful for that. We fun story that I'll share. So, literally, when they won the championship that year, I shed a tear. I and I had a um a my coworker, her dad had given me a flask of Pappy Van Winkle, and it real high end bourbon. And I, that was the first night uh, when they won, I had a, you know, a victory taste of that. And then the other night was, uh, I shared it, but like when my, my daughter was born, but like that was one. So one of those moments that I just, I will never forget. We were in Atlanta and I remember I was pacing back and forth in our, it, it was phenomenal. And then the Indians almost won it that year too. And that was the, like, so my daughter was born in October of that year. She's sleeping 
my wife is passed out on the couch and I'm watching the game and it was like to where I had to be quiet and everything. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is going to happen. And then to be completely let down and to make matters worse, my wife is a Cubs fan. So um, that was, that was pretty painful. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. At least you got a ring under your belt though. We we do. We do. It's, I, I don't know when the Browns are going to get one. Yeah, probably about the, probably the same time the Jets are going to get one. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah definitely, I, definitely going back to what you were saying though is like it, whether it's like a sport activity or whatever. Like I like going on hikes too in nature here in the mountains, snowboarding. But if you have something that you can just like just take your focus off your work and your your at home situation every day for like an hour, it's huge. It goes a long way. How do you do? So how do you do that though? Because again, like, and I'm guilt like. Yeah, I can step away and I'm not in a meeting or I'm not on a call or I'm not recording a podcast and I'm supposed to be doing something with my kids, right? And But yet here I am, something pops into my head. Oh, hey, who do I need to talk to for this or this? And you know, do you have any tips or tricks that allow you to like if something pops into your head when you're playing or is it just such a – just a random – it doesn't – like you, you're just so fine-tuned that like this, you're dialed in. Yeah, no, I'm definitely dialed in when I'm playing sports for sure. Um, but if in regards to like an idea or something, is, is that what you're referring to or – Yeah, well, like I mean I guess – if you had any tips or tricks about being more present in the moment, particularly when like something like a business, something, say something pops into your head and you got to worry about this truck or da, 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 but like, you're like, you know, you want to be with your girlfriend. You want to be on this hike, right? Like, do you have anything? I wish I did, man. I really do. Um, and this year that's like my big focus is like my mental health and like personal relationships and and having that answer for you. So next time we talk, I'll hopefully I'll have the answer. Um, but I, I, I know the answers. It's put down the phone, leave it, leave it outside the bedroom. Um, watch, watch a TV show with your, with your significant other or by yourself or whatever, you're, yeah. whatever, you're, whatever you're doing. Um, and, and relax, just relax. Um, and, and don't focus on, on what actually stresses you out. That's, <laughs> that's the answer. Um, but have I done that successfully in the last 10 years? No, terrible at it. Um, I'm getting better. I am. I'm confident I can say that. <laughs> well, see, now that we're connected, right? Now I know that's one thing that I can kick back around and help hold you accountable on too, because just do little check-ins and, hey, how are you doing with that? So that's a cool thing. Like, and I, and I love the fact that you admit that that's not a strength, but it's an area that you need to focus on because I'd imagine like within the startup, within the entrepreneur space, right? Like it's, it is that, it's that struggle, it's that battle. So for me to hear that, but particularly from somebody you know your age and your experience and all that, like that's huge. Yeah, no, it's, it's it is, it, and it's like like I'm done, like I'm done with CrossNet, right? Well, I'm, I'm never done with it, but I work nine to four, right? CrossNet, and then okay. for an hour or two, I'm like going into like NFTs and stuff, and like spending thousands of dollars on NFTs. It's like, <laughs> it doesn't stop. There's always something that like I'm yeah. interested in, and I'm going to jump on or start. So it's like. It, it's it's a crazy ride for sure, and your brain doesn't slow down. All right, so you hit on something, and here's my disclaimer, and I'll put it: we, this is not financial advice. This is not any of that stuff. We are not financial advisors, but NFTs are interesting to me, man, and it's just so many people right now. And what's your take on it? Where, like, whatever you're comfortable sharing, whatever you want to talk about, but like, I think that. Cause I've pinged some of my friends and athletes and, and like, no, not, I'm like, it's time to start paying attention a little yeah. bit. So I'd be curious. I'm, I'm curious, maybe your um, inroads into it and then kind of where you're at with stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's a, it's a whole topic. Like you talk about it all day, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but if you're not in it now and you're not focusing, you're going to be left behind. Uh, it's like, it's the future. Um, whether the NFT is here currently or, or here to stay, um, which most of them probably aren't, in my opinion. I'm, I'm not an expert at this. I'm still learning, right. learning every day, and just trying to you know dive into the space, this Web three NFT crazy crypto space that we're living in, this metaverse that's coming soon. Um, but no, I think I think the NFTs, um, a lot of it's just like pumping money right now, just trying to make put cash and like people. That's people's mindset, and like it's it's very bad. It, my mindset has changed to that too, in a sense. It's like trying to make quick money. Let me go buy this NFT for fifteen hundred dollars. And, uh, you know, see if it goes to 8,000 and it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it does happen. And it does. And then I lose some money too. So, <laughs> so let's, let's take a step back. Right. And we're used to throwing NFTs around and many people may not know what that is. Right. So the uh, Cliff's notes version, the way that you understand it, what are NFTs? Uh, NFTs are, well, for 
the normal people that don't have any idea what the hell is going on, they're like JPEGs, right? And they're, and they have, some of them hold utility, some of them don't. Um, and a lot of them are just for, for, for pumping money and making cool art. Um, so there's a lot of different ones, but the ones that will stay are the ones that have utility behind them. So you, mm-hmm. you buy a token and you can uh, NFT and you can go into a, uh, a restaurant exclusively, right? And it's the same restaurant LeBron James goes into. So th- those will hold utility. And then I'm excited to see more projects come out in the near future in the few couple of years or whatever, whenever it starts kicking off to like the public, um, of like real, real products that hold utility, real value and can yeah. contribute to the society. You know, there's a lot of things that you can actually do with this blockchain NFT stuff. Yeah. And again, you could, we can go so many different tangents. I mean, cause obviously there's different blockchains too, right? Like, you know, Ethereum's the, the major one that's where people, I see a lot of people making a lot of money on, um, you know, my disclaimer, right? Like I've invested in one, one NFT community and it's on the Solana blockchain and you and I were chatting a little bit about it, uh, high society, right? Like, but as I'm sitting and learning, it's those the things you talked about are it's really interesting because it, it's utility and it's community. Like those are the two things that for me, as I'm trying to understand, and you know, I like you don't have we, there's not a lot of disposable income. I can't just like I can't we're not printing money, right? Like so, I mean, we're trying to figure out well the government is, but that's a whole other thing. But um, but like trying to understand and learn and be part of something that's on the forefront, like, and I'll share like, so high society, some of the utilities that are coming around it are unbelievable. And it's, it's a picture of, you know, these dudes are called tykes in all these different getups in different backgrounds. But, you know, we just, uh, they just released, uh, last this morning, there was a, a contest within our group that like, Hey, they were giving away two tickets to the game tonight you know, field level tickets to the game tonight, just by virtue of being part of this community and being an NFT holder. So I do think it's, it's interesting. It's going to be the future. Um, you know, one of the guys that I know that runs high society, I'm working on trying to get him on here to sit and kind of explain a little bit more, but like the space is, it's fascinating and it's terrifying at the same time. Yeah. It's definitely terrifying, especially if you're losing money. But I mean, the one thing I'd suggest to people is just like dive, dive into it, do your homework before buying. And, yeah. um, you know, jump in it you're gonna be left behind it's i, I know gary v said this a lot too i, wa- I started watching him again recently it's like yeah. you're gonna get left behind big time if you don't if you don't pay attention now it's just gonna be like how the moms and dads didn't jump on facebook and they're, they're 10 20 years later to facebook um so it's it's gonna happen it's happening in front of our eyes dive into it maybe maybe spend you know spend 100 bucks 200 bucks and you track it and see how it, how the market plays and and really so so you have you know something tied to it and uh, I'm going to throw it in here and I'll put it also in the intro and like, this is not financial advice that we, you know, Greg and I are not, you know, financial advisory or anything like what you do, you know, talk with your financial advisor and all that stuff. Cause again, like it's, it's interesting to sit and learn because I understand that there's going to be moments where I'll probably screw up. Like my brother, I was talking with him a month or two ago and it was when uh, Gary V and V friends, they did the, you know, uh, version one, like it was, last year sometime and we were going back and forth and I had no clue what it was. And this is when, like when Ethereum was, I want to say 16, 1800 bucks or something like that. And he picked up a couple, he didn't pick up a, he didn't pull the trigger on a, on a version on, uh, in V friends. And he texts me in like December and he goes, dude, the one I was going to buy just sold for $54,000 and he could have had it for like eight. It was like 3,600 bucks. I think it was two ETH. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the, that's the world we're living in right now, unfortunately, for the people that are in this space and it's myself included and my, my brother included, like we've lost potentially lost, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, not buying things that we said we were going to buy texted it. And then it went up $12,000. So this year I'm trying to avoid that. Um, whether that's by not buying or actually doing what I say, you know, like saying, like actually act being actionable on the, what you're going to say. Um, yeah. but yeah, we're living in this space and it's like, everyone's like so scared of missing out on this quick money, these quick flips or not. You're so impatient. So it, it's yeah. it definitely can, can hurt the mind. And, uh, for the people watching that are in this space and know what I'm talking about, just like take a step back and like, relax. It's going to be okay. Just be like, be grateful. We're in this, in a time where we can like make money off of a, a photo on the internet. Like, isn't that yeah. crazy? 
It's it's insane. And again, my big thing, and one of the reasons why I started the podcast, right, through COVID and everything, right, is for me lacking community. So that's the other thing that I've learned very quickly in the in the NFT space, and in particular community I've gotten involved with. It, it is, it's community-based. And I think those are the ones that, again, not financial advice, but I think those are the ones that have a better chance of standing the test of time. Because particularly if they're, if it's dived in, you know, kind of looped in with utility, but like, that's the big thing. If you've got a group of people that much like being an entrepreneur, like this is an entrepreneurial spirit, right? Like you've got a group of people that want to see something succeed and that are willing to do whatever it takes to help it succeed. The possibilities are endless. Yeah, for sure. And um, it's tying, tying cross net back to the community is like something we've, we've lacked in the last four years. Um, yeah. We started crossing just by selling, right? Um, selling, 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 and then trying to turn it into this, this sport, this, this global sport, which, which it is doing by itself. Um, but we've always forgotten about community and building community. So it's really important when going into this space for any product, any brand you make, you know, any, any, anything nowadays, whether it's a CPG good or a tech product, NFTs, community is huge. And you want to be able to call on, you know, your, your community when the time comes and you need someone. So uh, CrossNet's working on that uh, this year and I'm excited to see where it ends up at the end of the year. So we can, you know, call, call on our community and, you know, Hey, we have a tournament in Austin, Texas. Where's our community at? Show up. That's, and that's it, man. Like, and that like communities, tribes, you've got guys like, you know, Simon Sinek that are out there, you know, talk about tribes or, you know, and all of that. Like this is, that's what people over the past several years have been missing and lacking, right? Based on, uh, and again, you were, you were down in Florida where it was operating a little different up here in Oregon, right? Like, I mean, for two years, we've been kind of shut shut down, at least for, for the most part. So like, it's to hear you say that about a product is massive because that is what will help drive success from your perspective. And then who knows where your community will help you go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. At, the, at the end of the day, like you need community to survive long and like the longevity of any business. Um, you know, Apple has their community. If product drops, they're 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 lining up at the store making appointments. So people are tu- people are tuning in, uh, you know, on Twitter to the to the next announcement for the next Apple product. Right? They've created that. They've listened listened to the consumers and they've built what they've needed. I mean, I love hearing that. And one thing that you said when we were talking earlier, and then as we were kind of going through stuff, but like. Your community is, the, is a big thing, and obviously that's where you're focusing a lot of time and energy on. Like, what do you guys have anything that you're working on that you want to like you care to share that helps develop your community? Like, where like what are you guys doing with that? Yeah, I mean, we're we're still learning, right? It's a learning process, especially for a business like ours. Um, we have this one crazy skew, right? And we keep sending emails out about this one product, and people are people are definitely exhausted about it. So we're trying to take different angles to like get them more involved. I mean, it starts with the customer journey too. It's like when you first get that box, whether it's from our, our online store, from Amazon, exporting goods, um, shields, wherever, wherever it may be, you want to open that box and feel like family. Um, the last couple of years, we just haven't had that, right? You open this box and you're getting this great game. Cool. And they're going to set it up. They're going to play it. They're going to tell their friends. Sure. Um, but they're not really involved in the business side of things where they can help actually sell for you, which they do. They do now. Like, if you set up a cross at a beach and you're a public consumer, like you're going to get eyeballs. People are going to take videos, ask the same questions they'd ask me, right? But if you give these customers in the, within your community like incentives um, and make them feel at home, make them feel part of the family, um, you'll take your business to the next level. And we're, we're learning. We're learning. And I think next time we talk, we'll have more answers for that too. I dig it. Like I, I completely dig it. And again, that's, that to me is something I want to like echo is the fact that like, you guys are constantly evolving. Like you're trying to understand what it is that you need to do and then continue to evolve your product and your business. And I think that's, that's massive, right? We can't just get stuck in to your point, what you said, you know, you've got a great product, but now people are just opening it and it's like, ah, okay, great. It's the one thing. So I love hearing that you guys are evolving. That's amazing. We're trying to take the Foursquare space by storm too. like own everything Foursquare. We have a bunch of new products coming out this year um, under the CrossNet name, which is, really exciting like crossnet soccer i'm sure you saw maybe yep um so that'll be cool for the crossnet it's not going to really be like a game um i don't think so i don't think it's gonna be played the same way crossnet uh, for volleyball does it's more of a training tool but I, I know when i 
played soccer for my whole life, I was juggling a soccer ball and with four people in the square. And it's like, yeah. let's put a net in it. Let's have a little fun. Um, introduce it to some practices and clubs. Um, I think it'll go a long way, especially international. So we have a bunch of SKUs coming out. We're trying to just dominate that four square space. Got it. So basically the, the mission of CrossNet is to own the four square space. Yeah, for sure. And I think the big, the long-term vision is just get out and play. We want people playing, exercising, uh, mental health. Uh, if you get out and play, all of that, all your mental health problems, all your, you know, getting in shape problems go out the window because they're solved, but just going out and playing and being active. To, to your point, right? It, it goes back to what you said earlier. You just sometimes you just got to put down the damn phone and just go do and go be, whether it be in nature, go be active, go do something. Yeah. I, I remember that even you remember, I'm sure when we were kids, a little younger, whatever, 10, 15, the best time in your life was going to play that sport with your friends and in the backyard at the gym, wherever it was. Um, mm-hmm. I used to race off the bus and go play basketball one-on-one versus my brother. Yeah. Like that was yeah. the best childhood memory, you know, going on the trampoline. So that's got to come back. We got to get the kids off TikTok as awesome as oh, it is. God. It's crazy. We're living in this crazy yeah. digital world and it's bad. <laughs> well, and, but then we talked NFTs and that's where it's going. But yes, I can like my, one of my favorite childhood memories and I like literally going and playing football down at my buddy's house, Craig Bolden, he lived down on Linden down at the end of the street. And we would literally go down there you know, you go in, you do whatever homework you needed to do or with, or you convinced your parents that you were going to do your homework after dinner. And then, and then, and then you had, you came home and you came home when the streetlights came on or my dad had a really loud whistle. Like, I mean, he could literally, and you, you hear it and it's like, Oh, <laughs> all right, time to go. Right. Like, so yes, I, I agree with that. And that's like, I mean, again, dad of two kids, like that's the stuff that we try to accomplish and it's, man, it's hard in a digital age, but we keep, we keep pushing it. I love it. Absolutely. Um, you know, like I think, Greg, I, I, your story and your journey is unique, man. And it's, I think I, I'm grateful that you, you shared different pieces of it. Cause again, this conversation is very, it's, it's different. It's different than any conversation that I've had thus far on the podcast, which is, which is one of my goals, right? I don't, I'm not planning on trying to build a volleyball podcast. I'm uh, like, I'm building a podcast to celebrate people and their stories. And like, I, I want to take a quick minute to thank you for being vulnerable. I know we went a couple different places. I know that you spoke about your dad's passing and how that affected you. I know you've talked about, you talked about struggles in business, all these different things. So like for me to have you share the things that you have. And again, you and I met last week, uh, on a different topic, but here we are, we're having conversation and it's like we're old friends. And I, I like, I'm, I'm really grateful that you feel comfortable doing that and sharing that with the listeners and with the people that are going to be tuning into this. Of course. Yeah, no, it means a lot. Definitely trying to get better at speaking too, and get, getting people, you know, eyes open for the, the way the world's working and, and what you can do, what you can accomplish and whether what you've been through doesn't matter at the end of the day. Yeah, I, I want to echo that. what you've been through. It doesn't matter. And one thing that you sent me in kind of our prep, right? It was about, and I want you to touch on it, and then I'm going to go to close. But you talk like if you want to do something, you have the opportunity to do it. And I don't have the quote exactly up, but can you touch on like that sentiment before we wrap up? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, like as cliche as it is, right? You can go do anything you want, but like people, a lot of people are just stuck in this mindset. It's like, oh, poor me, poor me. It's like, go out and, and do, if you have an idea, go talk to people, go network, um, go try to accomplish your dreams. Like you literally live once, like only once. And if you're not living it, how you want to live it, your vision, then what, what are you doing really? You know, like, let's get to it. Like everyone can do it. There's enough, there's enough room to go around. There's enough money to be made. Um, and, and not everyone, not entrepreneurship's not for everyone by any means, but mm-hmm. like, if you have that idea, like, don't be scared. Don't, don't hesitate on, on your life. You know, like, it is your life. Well, and you and I can both speak specifically to it, that life is precious and it is one of those things that we only get one of them and we don't, it's the only thing that we don't know when it ends. So, um, like I, I, I appreciate you sharing that and encouraging people because again, we do, we have one life to live and I'm, I'm grateful that in this moment in time that you and I are sharing this moment together. So, um, 
before I wrap up with the final question, where can our listeners connect with you? What are the, what's the best ways? Uh, IG, Twitter, LinkedIn. I'm pretty good on LinkedIn nowadays. Um, oh, I just made a TikTok too. So uh, I'll, it's a woe is me, W-O-E-I-S-M-E-A-D-E on all the platforms. Uh, on TikTok, it's just Greg. I bought that for $2,000. Greg? Just Greg. <laughs> Greg. I own it. <laughs> That's 2000 bucks you ever spent right there. Yeah, not yet. <laughs> I love it. Well, I'll link all that in the show notes. And I'll obviously, I'll link um, CrossNet, the website, and all of that stuff. So anybody that's listening wants to go on over there. Um, and then when Greg and I hang up, um, I think maybe I'm going to I'm gonna pitch him to see if we can maybe do some sort of a contest or some giveaway or something like that. And stay tuned. We'll see if we can... Uh, Get some of the get some of you guys a, a cross net to to play because I mean again it's it's a great product it's a you know we want to we want to get people outside moving so sure. um so Greg my last question it's a simple yet profound one who is Greg Mead ooh good question Greg Mead is someone who's trying to make an impact on the world um, whether that's getting people outside playing. Um, realizing what they have in front of them and definitely leaving a legacy um, with, with my family name and making sure my mom's set for life. Brother, you're speaking to me on that. I absolutely love hearing that. Um, yeah. And, and just to touch on that one more time, like, yeah. like a lot has changed and like since we started CrossNet and all this entrepreneurship stuff, uh, like before it was just like money, 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 right? Like that's awesome. That's still the goal is to make money, a lot of money. Um, right. But like at the end of the day, like your mental health, being with your family, like that's super important and making sure they're, they're taken care of in ways that you, you can um, within your, you know, your, your, your reach. So get that done, take care of, take care, take care of who you love and um, strive to be the best. Dude, that's the perfect way for us to finish that conversation. Those are words to live by and I'm grateful that you shared them. So um, I'll link all your contact, everything in the show notes. And if anybody needs anything, reach out to Greg. Let's figure out how we can build that cross net community. And cause obviously that's what they're sitting working on and let's figure out how we can get some more people outside. So Greg, I want to thank you for the time, man. And uh, I'm sure we'll be in touch very soon. Yes, sir. Thanks again. Talk to you. Peace. I can't thank Greg enough for his vulnerability, willingness to share, and most importantly, his real conversation. I hope that each and every one of you took at least one thing from this episode. For me, some of the quick takeaways include Despite what happens in our lives, good or bad, if we keep moving forward, almost anything is possible, and that we all have one life to live. It's up to us to make the most of it. What were your takeaways? What were you left with? Let me know over on my Instagram, at Steve Venzel, S-T-E-V-E-V-E-N-C-L, on the post for this episode. Additionally, please share this with someone who may benefit from hearing these words. That's what it's about sharing people's stories, and understanding how to keep moving forward. Thanks for listening. Please like, subscribe, and comment. And until next time, keep moving forward, even if it is just one small step at a time.